Hey, thanks for checking out the Conveyor on Learning and Development podcast. Our aim is to help business leaders, trainers, and teachers level up their skills in learning and development in order to effectively train and equip their learning participants by discussing training tools, concepts, trends, and emerging technologies, such as microlearning. This is Jason Kelsky, your host, and this episode is a conversation between Stephen Ryan, Conveyor's founder, and myself. We discuss the fact that learning has to be effortful. In fact, more than just being effortful, often learning is difficult, which is why the title of this episode is, It's Not a Cakewalk. So we'll talk a little bit about the ancient view of learning, the science of learning as presented in books like Make It Stick and Micro Learning Short and Sweet, and we'll give some practical ideas for helping learners to get over the hump of difficulty in learning. Before we jump in, let me point out that Conveyor is a microlearning platform that attempts to curb the difficulty of learning by providing a clean and intuitive mobile learning environment. For more information about Conveyor, check out our website, conveyor.com, where you can also try out a sample of our microlearning platform. We'll provide a link for the sample course in the description of this podcast. Now, let's jump right into the conversation between Stephen and myself. Stephen, so this episode, we're discussing the idea of learning being effortful, uh, the, the concept that it's not just a cakewalk. And so we, we really want to elaborate on that and explain what we mean. And uh, so I want to hear your thoughts. You want to hear my thoughts. So um, I think one of the things that we, we have come across specifically, we, we read Make It Stick. We have a write-up on it on, uh, on the Convey Your website. Uh, so we're not going to rehash everything exactly. But uh, one of the things that we have just made a point to continue to talk about is this idea of uh, elaboration, reuse, recitation, uh, and mixing up when it comes to learning. And when people hear that, it can be intimidating. It can feel like an awful lot. Yeah. And we don't want people chased away from, you know, the fact that learning is difficult or it can be difficult. Um, so let's just talk through this, these ideas of what, do, what does it mean to elaborate, reuse, recite, mix up? Why, why do this in learning? And, uh, you know, I, I know I'd like to hear you with some of your thoughts on that. And I'd, I'd like to share my own thoughts. So, yeah. So do you uh, just go back a little bit? Remember when we were talking about make it stick and you were saying, this is actually nothing new. Do you remember talking uh-huh. about that? Uh-huh. Um, so can you talk more about that first and then I'll go in and, and share some ideas I had about this. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, make it stick. Another book that we've been looking at is micro learning uh, short and simple or uh, short and sweet. And the idea of learning, it's not new. We've been, as a people, we've been learning for thousands of years, obviously. So uh, the, in the ancient world, uh, you know, the, the Greco-Roman idea, they had this, this thing that they called the trivium. Uh, and then they also had a quadrivium, but I'll just talk about the trivium just briefly. But uh, the trivium is the idea that there's a, a grammar stage of learning, a logical stage of learning, or a dialectic stage of learning and then a rhetorical stage of learning. So uh, some people say grammar, dialectic, rhetoric. Some people say grammar, logic, rhetoric. Uh, but the grammar stage is, uh, it's why we have grammar school. It's the lowest stage of learning for the youngest learners where uh, there's a lot of reciting. There's a lot of singing of songs and chanting of facts, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, that kind of thing. Uh, because repeating that was things really like, nice by the way good, good you know I, I didn't do, 
Uh, let, let me <clears throat> a b c okay um that was good wow wow that we just went there but uh, <laughs> so uh they sing uh in order to ingrain what they're trying to learn yeah, yeah. and and in so doing that's why we remember these songs all through our lives because we ingrained it at a young age mm -hmm. and so as the youngest learners develop in this grammar stage eventually they get to a point where they want to know a little bit more uh, they want to they want to dig deeper, and so they start asking questions like, "Well, why?" Uh, so you know, I've got a I've got a, I've got seven kids, but you know, a couple of them are at this point where it's like, "Well, why? Well, why, Dad? Well, why is why is the sky blue? Why is why is it red at night? Why 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 why?" And you're like, "Ah!" But uh, but they're they're at the this stage where they're they're trying to understand relationships of what they've already learned. Mm -hmm. That's the dialectic stage. Yeah, they're learning like the grammar stage. They're learning things in such a way where they they don't really know how they correlate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and at the grammar, and then in the dialectic stage, then, they yeah. do start to. But then that's not where learning ends. It's not just knowing a why. It's not just knowing the facts and the why. Uh, you're really not a a true learner. You really don't fully grasp some grasp something until you can tell somebody what it is that you know which is the rhetoric stage. So we get the idea of rhetorical questions or questions that are to make you think and come up with an answer. And that's that stage. The final stage of learning is this idea of being able to talk about what you've learned and uh, express it using your own thoughts. And until you can really do that, learning has just been, um, maybe it's just been somebody else's thoughts that are embedded in you mm -hmm. and they're not yeah. really truly yours. Yeah. So again, that's really good. Make it stick talks about these elaboration, yeah. reuse, elaboration, elaborations are kind of rhetorical, right? So yeah. I'm able to elaborate on what I've learned. I'm not just, you know, consuming and spitting it back out. Definitely. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. This is a, we, we have this written down, like your learning experience can't just be consumption of information. Uh, because again, that's not even the grammar phase, right? Cause, yeah. cause you know, if you go all the way down to the first level, that's not even the ground. I mean, that would be like consuming the alphabet and memorizing the symbols, right? Yeah. But yeah. then that's all, you know. Uh, and we commonly see consumption um, with the expectation that people will only need to be able to recite that within the week, the next week, and then they pass a course because they can recite it within the next week, right? Yeah. Or within yeah. within within hours of of being in a workshop, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. And then saying, oh, well, they, you know, they passed because they checked all the boxes because they can pull out of their short term memory something that somebody said and, and, you know, check a multiple choice question. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, the common thing, uh, we were talking about golf, right? You want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, this idea of golf. It was, it was funny. You were writing this up in, in, uh, in our, our blog post, but talk about that a little bit. Okay. Yeah. The, <laughs> I mean, even to stay along the same theme as ABCs, right? You, the teacher doesn't stand in front of the class and sing it for them. That would be ludicrous, right? Or in the, so in the same way, when you want to learn to golf, you don't learn golfing by paying an instructor to play 18 rounds and you're <laughs> driving them around drinking a beer yeah. going, yeah, this, this is it. Yeah. And, uh, and back to the idea of, of, learning through phases our kids get really frustrated when we do everything for them and they get to a point maybe maybe it's just our boys True. Uh, yeah. but they're like no dad let me do it 
Uh, I know girls do that too, but yeah. Uh, you know, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I try to demonstrate that. Well, let me just let me have the club and I'll show you how. No, 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 no. Like you're trying to make me skip as if somehow they're just going to watch it and assimilate exactly how I did it versus yeah. actually failing through that swing and, and, and starting to feel the muscle memory and everything. Yeah. Um, muscle memory. You know, this, yeah. Yeah. You, you but how do you say his name? Laozi? Laozi. I'm going to go with you on that one. So I think it's to Lao-Zi. know, to know and not to do is not yet to know like i've mm-hmm. always heard it to know and not to do is not to know at all right yeah um and so the doing obviously that a lot of the training that we're, that that our customers are putting people through there's still the doing part right but then there's really a model of this consumption 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 do yeah not consumption con- consumption elaboration consumption recall uh, you know, in the courseware or, you yeah. know, in the, in the micro learning experience or the training experience and then try to do out, out in the real world. Right. It's just like yeah. consume big video, go do right. Then tell yeah. us how it went. So there's, it, it's kind of strange. There's this giant chasm in the middle. Right. Um, there is. So one, uh, one thing I know is backpack science is they talk about in the make it stick and this idea of space repetition. Um, and we see that in, in uh, you know, our kids' schooling and stuff too. But one uh, example I like to use um, with space repetition. So, so the concept of space re- repetition, um, they, talk, they talk about we remember things best right before we're going to forget them and are forced mm-hmm. to recall that information. Okay. So that's when you grow the synapses, right? Yeah. It's when we are, um, we actually... I'll give ourselves an affordance to fail and we try, I'll use the credit card example, right? So we get a brand new credit card and for like the first week out, you know, many weeks after we pay for something online, we're constantly pulling it out and we're at this crutch and we're just typing it in based off of the card. And they're like, this is really annoying. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, We won't talk about like one password and how much easier it is just to put it in one password or last pass. But uh, if you, if you take that card out and you actually don't look at the card and you try to put the numbers in. It doesn't feel good when you're doing no. it. Yeah. As you're doing it, you start to really get confidence because you start landing a few of the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually, because you know you fail, you get the feedback loop, you look at it, you start putting the numbers in, and eventually you have the confidence to put the whole number in, right? Yeah. So, it's that ugh, that yucky feeling where you're trying to pull it out of your memory and rely yeah. on your one's memory, oneself have the confidence to do it. That's the learning aspect, right? That's the memorization. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you could say that with either, uh, you know, skill-based stuff or um, concepts that you have to understand or even just facts that you have to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want to soapbox on the facts thing real quick. Um, is so. I think in our society, we really pushed towards this idea of like fact memorization. Um, somehow drilling for that type of stuff reduces our, um, our ability to be creative. And mm-hmm. in that book, right, they talk about that's not true. I mean, it's the whole case in point. We don't want a doctor um, that's creative, right? We want the one that knows how to do, uh, do yeah. all the things and has memorized these things through the T. And it's yeah. those doctors that know those things to T or the violinist that knows the, the, the stuff to a T that has done effortful work to get there 
that comes up with the craziest, newest, you know, uh, most elaborate new music, right? Yeah. Because they yeah. have that basis. So, I just I um, just had a, pic, a mental picture of going to the doctor, and he's looking at some like weird thing on your skin, and as he's looking at it, going, "Yeah, th- yeah, that's really weird." Um, let me. I don't even. Huh. <laughs> it starts googling or something. Well, is it? Sir, why do you have WebMD open at the same time? Yeah, (laughs) you're like, I could have done this at home. Yeah. But yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be, you're not paying that guy. Well, you are paying that guy, but still, like, you don't want to pay that guy. Uh, So this, something that we see a lot of, and I know you've you've said this and explained this before, but you see a lot of people, the training that they do do is uh, consumption. Uh, and you know, like in the old day you used to, if you wanted to like exercise or get in shape, you just go buy, you know, the, the video of people exercising, you pop it in the VCR dating ourselves, but, um, (laughs) and you'd watch this, right. But the problem was that it was all just, it was them doing the work and you're the individual not doing it. You see this in the world of training as well, though, in the business world where, uh, it's like, we're going to watch this video. We're going to consume, consume, consume. I think of the Simpsons. Hi, I'm Jordan Clure. You remember me from such, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah, I uh, the, the walkthrough, Phil Hartman. Uh, uh, but you see a lot of that. Why, why do you think we see so much of this? And, and then you also, with as much of that consumption that there is, there's still so very little learning. Yeah. Why do you, I mean, why, what's yeah, going on? Actual learning results. So, uh, first, I think it does come with uh, capabilities of platforms. I mean, it started there. So mm-hmm. we and what people are used to in terms of how we make contact content online. Okay, so yeah. I mean, if we went through the big, you know, uh, wave of blog posting, right, and mm-hmm. embedding video. And so, what's the form we have now for our e-learning is kind of like the blog post with a big long video and, you know, um, maybe you pepper in a quiz or a PDF or something like that. So it's really Mm -hmm. just like website publishing, but put into a course model. Okay. Yeah. So now if you were going to take that and say, well, let's ratchet it up. Let's add more exercise. Let's add more recall and um, elaboration, you know, exercises and stuff that we do right with, um, with Michael learning. Uh, then you would end up with like an extremely difficult to pass course. It would be a lot of work. It's so long, right? Tons of consumption and tons of exercise. Uh, And, and then, you know, it's like going to the the gym for two hours and being expected to do squats and deadlifts and Romanian deadlifts and pull-ups and just seem to be gassed. Right. Yeah. Uh, So it's just really, really painful. Um, So the concept of, of separating time and effort, realizing that time and effort are not the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, time, lots of time does not mean a lot of effort, right? We can all go to the gym and walk around, talk to our buddies and, you know, do a few sets and, you know, strut our stuff and then come back and do another set. You know what I'm talking about. I do, um, yeah. Or we can go. Wait, what do you mean I know minutes. what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> or, we, or we can go for like 30 minutes and we can just, you know, yeah. um, just go hard and intense. And, you know, all those trainers are really, if you're at a trainer, like really train you, they are really big sticklers on the amount of time you rest. Yeah. And I never realized how like, okay, no, 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 you don't get 10, you know, five minutes before you set, you get, you know, a minute and a half. 
yeah it's, it's horrible actually but uh <laughs> so so another example is is like violin like violin practice or any other practice of like a skill they did research where they found like the, the people that really making gains were the people that practiced every day but they practiced very deliberately for um a tight period of time mm-hmm. um where they were looking for a specific outcome yeah right? it wasn't people like uh, you know I'm going to pick on guitar players, right? I don't, I, and so many guitar players, what it is about, they like to play for a long period of time, but they never fully play a song. They play yeah. half a song and then they switch to another song. Why, why do you guys do that? Those dumb guitar players. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But, but, but it's like the, the deliberate practice, right? So if you can take yeah. that model of deliberate practice and bring it over to a course. So let's say you take a course that used to be really long. It's a bunch of consumption. It has some effort because of the amount of time you spend, but you could break that up. Mm-hmm. into very deliberate, um, effortful pieces of training and then allow people to recover and yeah. marinate on the concepts um, between days, right? Or between hours, whatever. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, we go to these workshops uh, for strategic coach, um, part of an entrepreneurial coach group, and they do such a good job of the flow, like the, the, you, you sit down, they'll, they'll talk at you for a little bit, right? Where they're talking about a concept and they're talking about the value of the concept. And then they give you this time where you're, um, you know, really intensely thinking about your own practices and you're writing them down, right? It's facilitation. Yeah. And then they give like so many breaks, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. So many breaks. I mean, there's always like a 15 minute break, a 10 minute break here and then there. There's never more than, I think maybe a 30 minute block of actual intense stuff going on i don't mm-hmm. know i could be wrong on that but it's, it's it's really valuable to see what it's like when you um allow people to focus really heavily for a second uh do hard work and then give them it's high intensity training right yeah so how can we make um how can we make our training more of a high intensity that could be 10 minutes a day right of high intensity learning uh, mm-hmm. Where they're they're having to recall, elaborate, um, connect ideas together, um, write down their own thoughts to facilitate action, track what they're doing, say how many times have you done this this week, all sorts of stuff mm. like that. Yeah, yeah, you making it again, and this is all the same stuff we, the reusing, mix learning, elaborating, space learning. Yeah, that's good. Um, when it when it comes to the learning, uh, I know we wanted to discuss this idea of um, people needing to to have the liberty to fail. Uh, and and you actually talked about this a moment ago when you were referenced the um, you know the credit card and you remember best when you are about to forget it. And there's something about that uh, failing allows you to um, to actually learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that does assume that you're going to allow your people to make mistakes. Yeah. And I, yeah, I see this so much. Um, I see that there sometimes is a culture of um, uh, the testers, the the people going through training um, that there's, they're so squeamish to get the wrong answer. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the, the trainer is so scared to create, questions or create um, a learning experience that would cause people to stumble. Okay. 
mm-hmm. this I, I constantly uh, ask them to consider the idea of throwing people out in the deep end, right? With, with their training, um, using it for lit, litmus testing to really help people understand where they are in a concept. Um, I'll give you the, the perfect example kind of brings it home for people. It's this idea of like an all of the above multiple choice question, which yeah. is like these very, very like um, soft alley-oop questions where everybody gets the answer right. Like, is mm-hmm. that really helping anyone, you know? Yeah. No. Um, and it, it actually is just kind of an eye roller for the learner because they just, like, this is wasting my time. Like, I, you know, everybody knows that this is the answer. Mm-hmm. And common thing is we see, uh, scores where the max score on a, on a, on a experience that say is 1200 points or something like that. And they get 1100 points is the average score. Okay. So, yeah. you know, and like everybody's getting it right. There's almost all, everybody's got the answer correct. That is cool, but it's not actually, um, it's not actually creating a feedback loop for the, uh, and putting questions out there that people really have to think about that results in real consideration that they need to go back and, and review that information or yeah. ask one of their, their colleagues for, for help in, the, in that area. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it doesn't give the company any sense of what they really need to focus their attention on for larger training experiences, like on a workshop. Yeah. Right? If you're coming back with like, Oh, everybody's good at this. Like, you know, it doesn't help. help. Yeah, it, it doesn't help. Anybody. Yeah, it doesn't help anybody. So they're, they're, they start the training because people aren't performing, and then they run the training, and everybody's answering all the right answers. And so you go, well, everybody knows it, but no one's performing. Yeah, yeah. So, so huh. really, I'm, I mean, I, I don't want to ruffle feathers, but you know, is it is it because you just want a completion of a course, or do you want to actually um, create? You want if do you want to actually create that vacuum in the learner's mind where they're going, oh man, like there's real fear, like there's real not fear, but there's real there's really a gap here that I need to fill in, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I see a little bit of too much of the participation trophy, you know, mindset, right? Uh, in in training, and I think that comes a little bit too in the in the learning and development world, um, just because, uh let's just put it out there. Like the HR world is, is really relational, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Very relational with people and they really care about people and they don't want to feel like, um, you know, there's deficiencies or put it, you know, make them feel down or any of that type of stuff. So um, in that case, what you have to do is reinforce the value, like reinforce for the learner. um, uh, The chance, like reinforce Hey, congrats on, on going through this. I know you got a score down here. That's so exciting because that means you can learn, you know, learn more. Right. Yeah. So you celebrate the, the failure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, we use this term like thing in our house, you know, fail often, fail, fail early, fail forward. Right. Yeah. Um, or is it fail early often then forward either, either or, um, but, uh, okay. My daughter, right. She, she, you give her, she's she knows something like she absolutely knows how to do this word you know spell this word or or do this math problem but she's scared to fail mm-hmm. you know just like just do it i know you know the answer just do it and and she just re- she just like ah oh, no i really need a hint or something like this right yeah trust yourself trust yourself to try because 
a lot of this, a lot of what this all of the above type of culture does, you know, like answer this question all of the above, is it reduces the chance for the learner to actually feel confident about what they actually know. Yeah. Because if you're not actually giving the, the, the chance for them to hit the 90 mile, mile per hour fastball and mm-hmm. you're always softballing it, right? Then do they feel really confident and equipped that they know the answer? Yeah. Right. Wouldn't they feel more confident to get it wrong? Then co- company sees that they get these harder questions wrong, then provide them and equip them with the right answers for those very difficult questions. And then now they're really confident. That, that, that's what they really want. Do they yeah. want to be confident because they knew I'm, 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 I feel passionate about this topic, right? But do they want to feel confident, a false confidence, or do they want to have real confidence? Yeah. Around, around that. So that's my wish for effortful learning is that the culture becomes one that it's okay to fail. It's okay to give your people harder than they're used to types of questions mm-hmm. um, and exercises. And then everyone learns from, from that result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if people are going to have a, you, you, when you talk about this baseball thing and the 90 mile an hour fastball, right? Uh, it's, it's a lot harder to hit a softball that's gently tossed you. It's a lot harder to hit, hit a home run with that. Oh, good point. Yes. Than it is if you've got a 90 mile an hour fastball coming at you, you're more likely to hit the home run there because the momentum of the, you know, the, the, the speed coming at you is, going to go further so people aren't succeeding partially because you're actually not giving them the tool to develop the confidence that's at least what i hear you saying i think that's yeah, that's right yeah and 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 um because what we know is that in the real world they're not getting softballs yeah right they're getting they're getting the fastball they're getting the curveballs yeah right? You're right and yeah. so what can we do to get the training closer to what's really conducive you know in terms of understanding a concept and, and elaborating on it and, and I keep using those terms just kind of recall on it right yeah um and um uh, i was in chess uh i was in, uh, in chess in, in in elementary school like a yeah, first chair huh in elementary school. um and the, and the instructor always said what you're doing is you're learning this is like the grammar phase right you're learning these tactics okay then you learn to how to bury them into your game Right. Yeah. And it stuck with me when I was a kid. I was like, oh, you know, you're you're learning tactics, you're learning that grammar, you know, grammar phase, right? And mm-hmm. then you're figuring out how they work together. Yeah. For for strategy. It's exactly um, it. Yeah. Hey, thanks again for checking out this episode of Conveyor on Learning and Development. If this episode has been an asset to you, we'd love it if you went over to our social media sites and let us know by liking commenting, or sharing. We're on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Vimeo. Also, let us know if you have any questions or if we can cover a topic that would be helpful to you by emailing me at jasonk at conveyor.com. That's Jason followed by the letter K at conveyor.com. Until next time, keep up the good work.